On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about failing 75 hard, about malleable identity, and about why I'm so excited for next week's episode. what is going on welcome to this episode number 117 of life and lessons i'm sean spooner and if you're new here here's what you need to know this podcast is a place where i tell the story of growing a business of growing as a person and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges sometimes on my own sometimes joined by the most interesting people i know the only thing that's guaranteed here is that every time you press play you're going to learn something new Now, before I begin, (laughs) allow me to set the context. I'm currently in the media room of a school, surrounded by some boxes for some very nice new M1 iMacs. Somewhere in East London, in like the EastEnders intro shot. If you look at that, that's where I am. And I'm recording the podcast, not in Wales, but here, because I need to get out on time. And um, I'm in London at the moment for a couple of talks that I just gave in a school. And... um, day went really well and Marcel kindly allowed me to use this room rather than going over to a pirate studios in Hackney which is probably for the best because going to Hackney is is never a uh, a great idea so we're gonna get it done I'm not sure that this will be the longest episode ever I'm gonna go out for food after this but what I wanted to do whilst I'm here is just give you a bit of an update on the last couple of weeks chat about my conversation with Ollie Horton last week give you a bit of an insight into what's coming next week with Nier Ayal and then go and get myself some food. So, it's been really uneventful, I'll be honest. In a lot of ways, life has been very bland recently because there's just not that much different, new, exciting stuff going on. We're in the part of the year, and I've spoken about this before, where things are just ticking by, right? I'm working towards my goals. Personally, we are working towards our goals and our aims as a business, but we're just at one of those points where... It's very routine for me to wake up, go into the office, do some work, go to the gym, go home and do that like six times in a week and not really do anything in between. And so in that sense, there's not that much to report. But I did break away from that routine for a whole week last week. I stopped tracking any habits. I didn't go to the gym. I basically did nothing. And the reason for that is, and you might actually know if you listened to last week's episode of Ollie, which I'll come on to. But the reason for that is I, once again, failed 75 hard. So you might remember back in the first lockdown, I got to like day maybe 25, give or take, of 75 hard. Which is, of course, a challenge where you need to work out every day, twice for at least 45 minutes. Where you need to drink a certain amount of water, follow a diet, all of this kind of stuff. And you need to do it every single day for 75 days in a row. And if you fail for one day, then you need to start again at day zero. So I was doing a version of that with uh, slightly different rules recently. I was basically going to the gym or working out every day. I was having one needless interaction with somebody every day. I was going for a walk every day, uh, drinking a certain amount of water, tracking my macros and hitting a protein target. I believe they're the things I set myself and it was going well. I'll be honest, the first 35 to 40 days were actually far easier than I thought they would be. The difference between this time and last time is the first time I attempted it, gyms were closed, and so it was very difficult to stay motivated. And like I said at the time, it became 
a mental challenge. It became difficult to convince myself to go. This time was completely different. From a mentality and a mindset point of view, this 75 hard was great. I was in such good shape mentally. I was just having a great time. Progress was being made and it felt just nice. It felt good to be going so intensely at something. But that almost put me in a a false sense of security as to how long I could go upping the ante day after day after day, putting my body under in some days, fairly significant strain, right? Because I was really still pushing myself in the gym, despite the fact that I was going every day. And then I reached a point, not this week, but the week gone. So like Monday last week, where I just absolutely hit a brick wall. Like it's difficult to describe to you how much of a brick wall I hit in every single area of life. I was constantly tired and yet paradoxically fairly sleep deprived. I, for some reason, couldn't sleep until like 2am, but then my body would still wake me up at 7am. Going to the gym was just difficult, both mentally and physically, like my body felt absolutely exhausted. Um, It was becoming increasingly difficult to plan meals to make sure that I was actually hitting things like the protein target because it was just like everything felt a bit inflamed and a bit difficult and a bit hard. And the reason... I think that is on reflection and fortunately all of those things have since reversed since I stopped 75 hard is I think that for the first time probably ever I was experiencing not kind of acute short-term exhaustion because I've definitely definitely felt that before in a couple of situations um, in the past with things for example to do with my dad when I had to be in a hospital A&E waiting room with him for like 14 hours when all sorts was going on like what I felt that next morning and that next day that was exhaustion of one sort, but that's fairly easy to shake, right? When the when the environment changes, the exhaustion fades. This was like a whole new level of exhaustion where physically and mentally, I feel like my body was slowly, I don't want to say giving up, but slowing down, right? And if you listen to the episode I recorded two weeks ago, so the last episode like this, where I am talking about, I'll be honest, I can't remember what I was talking about, in that episode, go back and listen for a few minutes, listen to the number of times I say um, listen to the number of pauses or broken sentences, like I had just lost all mental energy and the same was true physically, right, as well as being like cognitively cloudy, I always felt tired, everything felt like a lot of effort, it felt like I was struggling and so ego to one side, I think on like day 43 of 75 hard, I was sat in bed, it was like 10pm, I hadn't worked out for the d- for the day, excuse me, and I just thought, th- there's like, there's literally no benefit to this, at this point, it's run me into the ground, it's great to try the challenge, I'll tell you, I can't do the challenge, I failed twice, it's great to try it, but I think that trying to do 75 hard alongside running a business, and trying to grow a podcast, and producing content for myself, and just trying to live life on the side, like, it was just too much for me, and it really started to take its toll, and funnily enough, as a nice segue, this is something I spoke about with Ollie last week, so if you listen to last week's episode of Ollie Horton, two things, number one, I have to apologise, because I was still in the mentally exhausted state when recording and producing that episode, it came out late, 
I'm not happy with the audio. There's a couple of tweaks I need to make to actually make it bearable to listen to. And I promise I'm going to do that. So if you haven't listened yet, don't listen. I'll tell you when to go back and listen to it because it's incredibly valuable. Um, but secondly, we spoke about kind of not overdoing it with Ollie. So for context, if you haven't listened, I spoke to Ollie Horton, who, of course, is a personal trainer who's been on here before. And he is going to go and join the British Army as an officer. He's about to go into training. And so before he disappeared into training, I wanted to pull him to one side to take from his mind into yours everything that you need to know when you're going from zero to one with your fitness, right? So the mindset, the why, the gym, the training program, the nutrition, the rest, the hydration, all of these things into an hour long video or audio clip that you can listen to kind of once to get started and then refer back to in the future as you begin on your fitness journey and something we spoke about in that was not going too hard right not overstretching yourself not trying to go from zero to 100 immediately because it feels great for a few days it really does and in my case because obviously I've been to the gym more than a few times before I think I was able to sustain it for a little bit longer maybe it was 40 days like five or six weeks I don't know like I could sustain it for a while but even as somebody who was like super motivated and super up for it and I knew I was letting myself in for pushing yourself too hard is kind of invisible and then painfully visible out of nowhere right on day 36 on day 37 I felt fantastic my sleep was fine my nutrition was dialed in my training was better than ever and then literally in the space of about two or three days and I could feel it slowly happening but because of the nature of the challenge of course I was ignoring myself frankly I was ignoring the feelings I was ignoring the uh the reality that I needed to um <laughs> you have to bear with the lights in the room I'm in have just gone on we're gonna con- oh, gone off sorry we're gonna continue but this is unusual <laughs> I'm glad you could be here to hear this um yeah for a few days I kind of ignored it and after a while I just hit an absolute brick wall and so there's definitely something that I have taken from this as a lesson to just take things easy in life right I may have gone to the gym for 40 days in a row but it has basically written me off mentally and physically for the best part of two weeks like even now I'm not properly back in the gym even now I feel like I'm fighting to get good sleep to really rest to really recover and so sometimes intensity isn't the most important thing right consistency is far more important than intensity and of course 75 hard is a challenge of both i get it but being consistent four times a week with something that you actually want to do or achieve is far more important than doing it every day for a couple of weeks and then failing and so that's something that i mean it's something i knew but i feel like in these kind of things and therefore maybe it's redundant me even saying this to you but in these kind of things it's something that you need to go through like i don't think i've ever experienced sleep deprivation before until a few weeks ago And then because I haven't experienced sleep deprivation before, my God, could I feel the difference? My God, did I suddenly believe that this was something that I could experience, that I could genuinely feel that kind of mentally drained and blunt and just not ready to deal with things. And so at the the big old age of 26 and a half, I finally realized that sometimes taking things slow is the quickest way to get somewhere. Um. And then I kind of just want to reflect on the talk I just gave. I gave it to three year groups. Um, So Marcel invited me in to speak to year 10s primarily because they're having a day out of lessons to hear talks and discuss things around identity. And then I gave the talk to um, a bunch of year 9s and a bunch of year 8s as well, just because I'm here and why not? And the talk was prepared. And um, 
it was an interesting one because I have worked with Marcel before. So if you remember the conference I spoke at for a few schools, maybe about nine months ago with people like Max Fosch there, um, you know, that talk was easy because I was just talking about being me and telling my story and that was nice and easy. But when I heard that today's talk was centered around the topic of identity, it was an interesting one because, and I said this during the talk, through nothing but privilege is something I've never really needed to think about, right? As a white, straight male from the sixth richest country in the world, like, I've never really had to think my identity is X, and I know it is X because it has caused me problems through prejudice or discrimination or whatever. Like, I've never really thought about my identity. But in the talk, I show a picture of me when I was 11. And um, weirdly, this is a topic I keep coming back to in conversations with people recently about how our early formative childhood years shape us into the people we are as adults. And this is nowhere more true and more evident than in the stories I tell in the talk, right? So I show a picture of when I was 11. And then I say that that was the year, as it is with everyone, when you join secondary school, when you kind of go out of the comfortable little bubble that we all live in, or most of us live in, during our primary school years, where your school is near your house and your house is near your school and your friends live near you and you live near your friends and everyone's kind of a bit the same and it's all fine. And the first time that bubble is ever really popped is when you go into secondary school, right? It's a bigger school. There are more people, different backgrounds, varied experiences, and everybody's kind of learning who they are as people. And so I show this picture of when I was 11 and I reflect on three things that I believed to be true back then as a result of stories that I told myself. But I didn't realize at the time that those stories were optional, that the things that I was hearing about myself were basically self-opinion, and therefore I built them into my identity. And I lived a good decade of my life after that point, thinking that these were just facts. They were just part of my identity. They were part of who I am. And the first, I won't go into them in too much detail, mainly because I've given this speech three times today, and I don't want to give it to you as well, because... I feel like I'm saying the same thing at this point. But basically, the three were that I felt like I didn't have any money as a young person in school compared to those around me. And so that kind of told me something about who I thought I was destined to become and where I belonged in society because I couldn't afford things. The second was that I... I can't remember the second one, but basically the other two were around not believing that I could achieve my goals and not believing that I could do the things I wanted to do because of the town that I was from that's quite small, because of the fact that none of my idols looked or sounded like me, because of the fact that I perhaps started on a lower rung of the ladder than others around me and all these things. And basically the conclusion of the talk, which I think is actually really important, and it was a revelation as I planned this talk, because like I say identity is something I haven't needed to think about before. The conclusion was essentially that there are two things going on when we think of identity. There is the fixed identity, the stuff which is good, right? Your heritage, your background, your race, your religion, any of these things which are kind of fundamental pillars of your life that make you who you are and explain to the world how you identify. Those things are good and it's it's great that they're fixed, it's great that they're things that you're proud of and that you hold on to, but So much of what I believe society tells us is our identity is not. I believe that so much of what we have been led to believe is just fact about who we are and where we're going and what we can do and the person that we will eventually become. 
is nothing to do with your identity. It's all to do with stories that you have either told yourself or been told about you. And they probably did, with you, similar to me, happen during your childhood, right? You probably picked up thought patterns or ideas or concepts or opinions about you or the world or those around you that you have kind of built into this pillar of this is who I am, this is my identity. And fortunately for some people, those things are good. And so they kind of go undetected and they're fairly harmless because if you think you can do anything and it's great and you're confident, like crack on, great. But I think for the overwhelming majority of people, we hold on to negativity. There's a negativity bias when it comes to how we believe we are perceived in the world, where we believe we belong in the world, what we think we can achieve. And we see it every day, right? People who could go on to greatness who just don't because they don't believe in themselves. People who have a great idea but never begin because they think it's not their place to. Those with really valid and important opinions which should be shared, which are not because they don't feel the right to speak up. These things are not our identities. These things are stories that we tell themselves. And it was just by chance, I gave the talk in a library in this school, right? And there were books everywhere. And I look around and I say, just the same as every book in this library, there's a story in there. And you can begin to read the story and you can get as far into that story as you want. But if you don't believe in the story, if you don't like the story, if you want a different story, it is just as easy as closing the book and picking up another one. And it sounds like nonsense when I say it like that, but I promise you that the switch that you can make in your mind is instantaneous between believing that you can't do something, can't be someone, can't go to that place, can't achieve that goal, and just deciding, actually, even if I don't yet believe this, I'm going to tell myself I can become that person, I can achieve that goal, I can do these things. Much of our identity or how we choose to identify is malleable if only we knew it. And I ended with a quote of, um, what is it? Like, those who believe they can and those who believe they can't are both often right. And, um, I mean, look, you're not in year eight, so I won't over-explain that point to you based on the, the spiel I just gave. But you get the idea, right? If you believe you can do something, you go on to do it. If you believe you can't do something, you do not go on to do it. It's as simple as that. Um, and I think the only other thing to say is that yesterday, although it feels like a lifetime ago, no, it was only yesterday. Wow. Um, I recorded the most incredible conversation with Nir Eyal. Nir is the author of Hooked and Indistractable, an incredible author writing about some really interesting topics. And wow, he is the dream podcast guest. He was on fire yesterday morning. I'm not even sure what the time was for him because he was over in Singapore, I believe. He recorded it from a hotel room. But honestly, such an impactful conversation about how you can avoid distraction get more done and actually move towards your real goals in life right so much of what is stolen from us by distraction is the things that we genuinely want nobody wants to sit on their phone nobody wants to spend their whole life typing out emails nobody wants to watch netflix for nine hours because they have nothing better to do if only you had the values and the goals and the time blocked out to reach those and then the tools that you need to go and get it would you not love that? You would love that, I'm sure. And that's exactly what Nereo gives us next week. So I'm really, really excited, as you can probably tell, to release that one. Uh, and so that is out next Friday. And I think that's it, to be honest. I am, <laughs> as it as it stands, I'm sat on a little uh, stool, which is a little bit too low for this. So my neck is craned into this microphone in a dark room. Not quite sure how to turn the lights on. However... Mm-hmm. 
um, all is good. And so I think that's where I'll leave it. Um, Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you have a good week. And I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 118 of Life and Lessons. See you then. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.